So we begin today a new sermon series called Arrival, the prophesied advent of Jesus. And I'm excited about this series because it's this opportunity to return to the manger and be reminded of the truth of who God is, that he came as a baby for us. But today, as we dig in, we are going to look at Isaiah 7:14 as our primary text which is a text that I know all of us have heard before. This is a prophecy about Jesus given by Isaiah some 700 years before Christ came. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Now, this is a text that we recognize, that we know, that we've heard before. But because it was 700 years before I want us to take some time digging into the context. What was happening in the moment that Isaiah was saying those words while he was giving that message? Who was listening? What was it for? Why was it important to give it then? So before we dig into that, though, I want us to dig into one of Aesop's fables. You guys like Aesop's fables? Pretty wise words most of the time. This one is the four oxen and the lion. A lion used to prowl about a field in which four oxen used to dwell. Many a time he tried to attack them, but whenever he came near, they turned their tails to one another so that whichever way the lion approached, he was met by the horns of one of them. At last, however, they fell a quarreling among themselves, and each went off to pasture alone in a separate corner of the field. Then the lion attacked one by one and soon made an end of all four. So I want us to consider what we can learn from this. So what I'd like you to do is take about 20, 30 seconds, talk with those around you, and or just think quietly to yourself, what can we learn from this? I'll put the fable back up. Think through what are some messages we can learn from this story. Go. I think there's a lot of great things we can learn. Um, If you are brave enough to raise your hand and shout it out, what are some things that you think you can learn? Stronger in numbers. numbers. The more numbers we have, the stronger we are. I agree, I see that in that story. Others? A house divided cannot stand. stand. Hmm, that sounds scriptural. (laughs) I didn't hear what you said. Teamwork makes the dream work. It's very poetic. I like that. All right, here's some things that I saw. You guys saw it too. United we stand, divided we fall. It's dangerous being alone. We find safety in numbers. We need a strong, supportive, and trusting team, right? We read that story. We go, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. I think we should keep this story in mind as we dig into our text. So today we're going to learn about King Ahaz. Um, I don't think this is an accurate picture of him. Um, I would love to say that Lego has started a new line called the Kings of Israel, but they have not. I just took some pictures off the internet. So this is King Ahaz. He is the king of Judah. Now remember that Israel was one nation under Saul, David, and Solomon. 
and then got broken apart after Solomon. And so you had the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom, right? And so we look at this and we go, King Ahaz of Judah, he's the king of the southern kingdom. We would expect him to be friends with King Pekah of Israel, because they're all Israelites. They're all sons of Jacob. They should be friends because they all follow Yahweh, the one true God. Okay? But that is not what happens. Instead, King Pekah teams with King Rezin of Aram. Now, I don't know why you would, king, why you would team up with King Rezin. His name is in black. Like, he's an evil dude. Right? So, Pekah and Rezin team up and are attacking King Ahaz. Let's read that text. So you'll see this is Isaiah 7. The prophecy is in Isaiah 7:14. This is the first two verses of that chapter. When Ahaz, son of Jotham, the son of Uzziah, you'll notice we will have a lot of names and places in here, which is why I'm using the Lego men to try to help you remember who we're talking about. When Ahaz, son of Jotham, the son of Uzziah, was king of Judah, the southern kingdom, King Rezin of Aram, his name is in black, and Pekah, son of Ramaliah, king of Israel, he is the other Israelite king, marched up to fight against Jerusalem, but they could not overpower it. Now the house of David was told Aram has allied itself with Ephraim. Ephraim is another name for Israel. Aram has allied itself with Israel, so the hearts of Ahaz, King Ahaz, and his people were shaken as the trees of the forest are shaken by the wind. Have you ever been scared? I think all of us have. We've all been scared at different points. I don't care what it is. Sometimes you're, you have a health scare. Sometimes there's family members that you care about that are going through really difficult things. Sometimes there's job situations or school situations, and, and you're just really concerned. You don't know what's going to happen. How is God going to come through? You get really scared, right? I think it's normal to get scared. So he gets scared, and this is what he does. This is from 2 Kings chapter 16. Um, so just as a reminder, in the Old Testament, there are a lot of times where it could be books apart, but it's talking about the same thing, because uh, it's Isaiah talking about what happens with King Ahaz, and then you read in 2 Kings other things that Ahaz does. So this is 2 Kings 16. Ahaz sent messengers to say to Tiglath-Pileser, we're just going to call him King T.P., Ahaz sent messengers to say to King T.P. of Assyria, Assyria was the greatest nation at that time, I am your servant and vassal, King T.P. Come up and save me out of the hand of the king of Aram and the king of Israel who are attacking me. And Ahaz took the silver and gold found in the temple of the Lord and in the treasuries of the royal palace and sent it as a gift to the king of Assyria. So this is what he did. He realizes, oh my gosh, there's lions that are prowling, and I am all alone. I am scared and nervous, so I'm going to get some more oxen around me. And so he pays King TP to come help out. Okay? I think that's a very natural response. Have any of us ever responded in that way, paying someone off to fight our battles? Maybe not that exactly. But we have gone to other people, right? Sometimes you're at work, and someone makes a decision, and you go, what? They're doing what? And who do you go talk to? You go talk to the people that support you and encourage you. Or sometimes there's something that the government does that you're like, what? The government is doing what? And who do you talk to? The people that support you and encourage you, right? So you gather your oxen around so that you can 
protect yourself. I think that's very natural. And that's not to say that spending time with people who are like us or support us is bad, right? God calls us to live in community. That's an important thing. I think it's a very natural response when we are scared to gather those around us, build up a team, let's figure out how to do this together. But right now, God is not in this equation at all. Who is the king? Who is the king of Judah? It's Ahaz, and who should he be servant and vassal to? God. But instead, he is saying to King TP, <laughs> I'm servant to you, right? All right, so there's another character in this story that we haven't talked about yet. This is Isaiah the prophet. I think it's a very becoming look on him. Um, when I see that, I think about Gandalf. Um, so Isaiah the prophet shows up, and he says, this is my paraphrase, he says, you are not alone. So as we read the text, as we look at what Isaiah says, or what God says to Ahaz through Isaiah, I want that theme to be running through your, your brain. You are not alone. The Lord, this is Isaiah 7, 3 to 4. Then the Lord said to Isaiah, Go out, you and your son, Shear Jashub, to meet King Ahaz at the end of the aqueduct of the upper pool on the road to the washerman's field. Say to Ahaz, be careful, keep calm, don't be afraid. Do not lose heart because of these two smoldering stubs of firewood. I think that's an awesome insult. <laughs> just, you smoldering stub of firewood. God just recognizes that they're basically burned out. They're not scary at all. They're, they're not going to hurt anyone. Be careful. Keep calm. Don't be afraid. Don't lose heart because of these two smoldering stubs of firewood. Don't be afraid because of the fierce anger of Rezin of Aram and the son of Ramalia. Aram, Ephraim, and Ramalia's son have plotted your ruin, saying, let's invade Judah. Let's tear it apart, divide it among ourselves, and make the son of Tabeel king over it. Yet, this is what the sovereign Lord says. It will not take place. It will not happen. And when I hear that, I think about Gandalf. You shall not pass. That's a great scene. What does he say? God says it will not take place. It will not happen. Would you be encouraged? You are standing there. You see these lions approaching. And God says it's not going to happen. You don't have to be afraid. I would be encouraged. But I would say I would be encouraged because I recognize that God is with me and I trust him. I don't know that Ahaz trusted. Isaiah 7, 8 to 9. It will not take place. It will not happen. For the head of Aram is Damascus. And the head of Damascus is only resin, a man. Within 65 years, Ephraim will be too shattered to be a people. And that came to pass. 65 years later, Assyria came in and took the northern kingdom out. Verse 9, the head of Ephraim is Samaria, and the head of Samaria is only Ramalia's son. If you do not stand firm in your faith, you do not stand at all. So he is again telling him, Ahaz, you're not alone. They have kings who are human. You're a human king, but you're not alone. I am with you. I am the God Almighty. 
And we would hope that this would encourage him. But it doesn't. If you read in the text further, he doesn't ask God for a sign, maybe because he's already got this treaty going. But he doesn't. And God says, you know what? I'm going to give you a sign that this is going to happen anyway. And then he says this. Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Now, I just think it's funny that such a well-known Christmas text is in the middle of this story with all these names. You, like, you just don't expect it to show up here. And so this is a prophecy that has a dual fulfillment, meaning there was a young woman who wasn't married, who had a child and named him Emmanuel. Now, it wasn't a virgin who had a child like Mary. It was an unmarried woman who then got married, got pregnant, had a child. And by the time that kid grew up, there's a couple of verses that follow after that share. When you see these things, you are going to know that this has come to pass. That you don't have to be afraid. You're not alone. Both of these kingdoms are done. And within 12 years, both of those kingdoms were done. Um, not Assyria, but Israel and Aram and their leaders. Um, but when we read this verse with our modern day eyes, who do we think of? We think of Jesus. We think of the Christ child. We think about Emmanuel, God with us, because we are on the other side of this history, and we see, no, this is talking about God with us. And when we met on Wednesday for Advent service, we talked about how the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us, that Christ came to live with us, to be with us, to show that we are not alone. But in the context that Isaiah was sharing, he was saying, there is going to be a child born and you will call him Emmanuel. And Emmanuel means God with us. And so God was reminding Ahaz, I am with you. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to be scared. But I recognize that often we struggle like Ahaz, don't we? We get consumed with our fears. It's very hard when you're standing all alone in the field and you see the lion or lion circling it's very hard to take your eyes off them. I would even say sometimes it feels virtually impossible. And so how do we take our eyes off the lion knowing that God is with us? We are not alone. We do not have to be afraid. Well, I think we hold on to this truth. We are not alone. We ask the Holy Spirit to remind us in those trying times, God is with us. We are not alone. We do not have to fear. We do not have to be afraid. And when we live our lives unafraid, I think it stands out. Have any of you heard of Mother Antonia Brenner? I read about her in a book. I did some more research on her. She was a socialite, had a couple divorces, came to know the Lord, or I think she knew him, but he, he totally transformed her life. And so she moved into a prison. Has anyone ever been like, dude, my next bed, I'm going to move into a prison of my own volition. Mother Antonia ministered to and lived with the inmates at La Mesa, a notorious maximum security prison in Tijuana, Mexico. She lived there. 
She was small. She worked tirelessly in her black and white habit. She lived in a 10 by 10 cell as one of the inmates. She ate the same prison fare and with the members of her flock lined up for morning roll call. She lived in the prison for 25 years, ministering to these criminals at a maximum security prison in Mexico. I think she recognized the truth that she was not alone. She was not afraid. There was one point she was out of the prison. She showed back up. I don't know if she was running errands or visiting family or what she was doing, but she came back to the prison. There's all these policemen outside, all these lights going on. There was a riot that had broken out inside the prison and she wanted to go in. And the security guards and stuff were like, mother, <laughs> no, like there's a riot going on. Like there's some, some inmates have died. Like you can't go in there. And she was overcome with love for these inmates. And she said, I have got to go in there. I'm going to put a stop to this. And so for some reason, they let her go. I'm like, who's in charge that day? Like, did they just get like canned? Like you let a little old lady into the prison during a riot? But she went in, she connected with one of the inmates that she knew well, talked to him about, we have to stop this. And together, the two of them, I think just speaking calmly, walking throughout the prison, stopped the riot. She was not afraid. And I think she held on to these words from Jesus. Jesus spoke these words the night um, before he died when he was washing his disciples' feet. He said, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Five verses later, he continues, All this I have spoken while I'm still with you. But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. So I think we have this opportunity. We can live as the world expects us to live, getting scared, gathering our resources, holding everything close. Or we can live as Mother Antonia, full of faith and belief and trust, knowing that we are not alone and God is with us. And wherever we go, He is. I wanted to wrap up our message by speaking specifically to this Christmas season. I know that sometimes this season is really hard. It's full of joy and excitement, um, but there's times when it's really difficult. Because we recognize that, we have family members that we miss, either because they have been lost or moved out of the house. We have brokenness in our lives. Sometimes we feel really alone during the Christmas season. And so I want to speak to all of us a reminder that says, you are not alone. There are people here at Family of Christ who love you and would love to spend time with you. You have a Father in heaven who loves you. You have the Holy Spirit who lives within you that can bring comfort and peace. 
When you are struggling, when you see the lions circling, remember that you are not alone. Our God came to this earth and was surrounded and killed by lions because of his love for us. He lived the life we couldn't live, and he died the death that we deserve. Praise be to Jesus that he came, and we get to celebrate his coming during this season. Amen.